Hello and welcome everyone to the Evolve podcast, supporting you to rise above all your limits, connect with the power of your soul, and give and receive more love in all forms. I'm your host, Tanya Penny, occupational therapist, intuitive guide, divine channel, and author of the Connect with the Divine You book and journals. So today I'm doing this lesson, I'm going to call it, or class on trauma truths. Because here's the deal, trauma is complex. And I've been on this journey now since I was 15, meaning I've been in counseling. I've been doing some kind of trauma wound healing work since 2000. Gosh, I don't remember what year that was when I was 15 years old. I'm 48 years old today as I'm recording this. So when I was 15, I was put into counseling because my parents were getting divorced and it was school counseling. And I don't remember why else I was put in counseling. Um, I really don't, haven't remembered a lot of my childhood um, before the age of 10 and then a certain, certain amount between the 10 and 15. Um, So over the years, I've gotten more information, but back then, I think it was just because my parents were going through a divorce. Maybe I also got caught for drinking early. I or drinking, I don't remember, um, but I do remember that around that time, my parents got divorced. I was also date raped. Now, I did not talk about that in counseling. I actually never talked about that with anyone until I was in my 30s. So. I had a lot of trauma starting at a very young age. We'll just start with that. And so, you know, when I was 15, I started counseling. And then fast forward in my 20s, I was still doing counseling. I don't think I had really added a lot of alternative things yet at that time. But it was when I was diagnosed with MS at the age of 29 that I went on what I would call my deeper journey. Um, because I knew on some level that the disease, the illness was due to something, many things that had happened in my past. So I started to kind of um, get some awareness around that at that age. And that really put me on my my deeper journey. I started helping others to heal illness. And because I saw the trauma connection started to help them heal their trauma too, around the year of 2008. And that's when I started um, in my OT work, but then also kind of as a side job doing group classes, teaching what I now call the therapeutic meditation process. That is one of my tools to help my clients and you to heal trauma. And I'll be talking about that a little bit later. So by 2010, the MS was completely healed. Now, at that point, I thought, okay, my trauma's probably also healed. And little did I know that there were more layers. And that became apparent to me just through, um, I still had GI issues, even though the MS was healed. And because I knew that trauma was connected to illness, I knew that there must still be something there. I also knew that I still had certain fears and limiting beliefs, and I had no idea where they came from, um, or not 100% clear where they came from. 
So I knew that I had by my behaviors, by my actions, that I had trouble trusting people. And I had invited in still relationships that were somewhat abusive and really not people I could trust. So um, I knew that there were some deeper layers. 2018, I went to a, I'm going to call it a retreat, but it, it wasn't you know, retreat, not in a fun sense, not in a relaxing sense. It was more of a personal growth, a spiritual retreat. And I also did something called combo, which I'll be talking about in another class, another lesson on this event. But let's just say that those two stirred up memories that I had deeply buried that I had no clue of, clue about, uh, about sexual abuse. Um, that happened within my family. And again, I was, gosh, how old was I in 2018? 40? Um, 42, 43? Anyways, however old I was, I'm not good at math. Um, I had these memories come up and let's just say it rocked, it rocked my world, right? I had no clue, no clue at all about this deeper trauma. So for the next couple of years, I went through deeper healing of that trauma. And then when I moved to Big Island of Hawaii last year in July of 2022, again, no clue, thought I had healed a lot of, you know, the, the sexual abuse stuff, uh, family sexual abuse. And I had a huge trigger when I got here to the island. I, I freaked out. I felt completely alone. I felt so much anxiety um, when I had my anxiety, you know, pretty much I'm going to say under wraps or controlled with my, the tools that I use and teach now. And so again, I was like, okay, there is some deeper trauma here or that is ready to be healed. So again, I started a deeper journey and this time I sought out different um, modalities. And one of those, which I, have just currently been working with and uh, almost to the end of, I, I feel, is something called ketamine infused or ketamine assisted therapy, which again, I'll talk about more in a later episode um, video class, this event. So that's kind of my journey. And just so you know a little bit about me and you might think, why, why is this woman teaching? She's not a, a psychotherapist. She's not a counselor. You know, as an occupational therapist, um, I did have a strong focus in mental health and did actually do uh, one of my trainings in a mental health facility in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, when they still had mental health hospitals. And we did have counseling um, courses and classes in college for occupational therapy. I know most people think, oh, it's helping people find a job. No, it's helped people. It's helping people to live their life, whatever that means for them. So given that training, given all my experience, all the modalities I've used to heal my own trauma, that is when I knew I needed to start supporting others. And yeah, it just kind of happened. And so I've been doing that on, an, um, on a deeper and deeper level since 2008, which brings us to today, 2023, here we are. So because I feel really called to continue to do this work. And I don't know, you know, is it ever fully done? I, I don't know. You know, I feel like I've gotten to the core now. 
um, both family sexual parent sexual abuse as well as um, parent physical emotional mental abuse and neglect you know have I hit have I hit the core I, I feel so is there still more to do I don't know I don't have that answer right so I know like me that you're here you're here for this event because you want to feel better mentally physically emotionally you also want to receive more love in all forms. And by love in all forms, I'm talking about every area of your life. Health, which I've already mentioned. Living your purpose more fully. And I'll get into that a little bit later in this, uh, this class. And, you know, I'm going to say every area. Relationships, of course. Right? Most trauma involves another person. So relationships, it affects our relationships. It affects money, us, our ability to be able to receive material and money and taking time to play, right? When we don't feel safe, when we are constantly on guard, given our trauma, whatever you want to call them, we can't, even if we looks like we're playing, we can't fully enjoy it. You know, I'm still working through deeper layers of guilt around, you know, taking time to play, spending money on play. One of my big play things is travel. So all areas of our life are affected by trauma. I'm already digging into the truth. So let's go. Let's go. So these are things that I've gathered as trauma truths. And hopefully they bring you some wisdom, some insight, maybe some relief, some, oh, okay, that's why this. Um, so I felt really guided to share this to start the event. So what is trauma? Right? What is trauma? And I just want to start by saying trauma is unique to every person, every person. And two people can experience the same thing. And one might be traumatized, one might not, and to varying degrees, right? So I feel like trauma is kind of the spectrum. So, you know, people often say, well, we grew up in the same family, and I didn't experience that as trauma, but my sister or my brother did. That's really common. We all have our own unique experience, even with the same events that happen. So I'm recording this right now. 9-11 um, was yesterday. I'm recording this and I'm just thinking about 9-11, how everyone was impacted differently, right? Different, different levels of trauma. So I know too that often we're not taught that these things are trauma. I think that's becoming more common now. When I was growing up, teasing wasn't considered trauma. Right? Being teased at school wasn't considered trauma or at home, right? I was teased at school and home. Bullying. Now, that might have been considered trauma, maybe back when I was a kid, but I don't, I don't remember. But bullying, teasing at school or at home by a sibling, by a parent, trauma. Divorce can be traumatic for some people, whether it's your divorce or a parent's, uh, parents being divorced. You being in an accident, 
and or a loved one being in an accident. Death of somebody close to you. Adoption. Of course, commonly we know abuse. So abuse can be anything from neglect and that can be physical neglect, emotional neglect. It can be mental abuse. It can be physical abuse and sexual abuse. Those are all trauma. War. That's a common one that we know as trauma and acknowledge as trauma. Um, and I know there are many more, but those are just some to get started, right? Um, just so you kind of have an idea of what I consider to be trauma and what most practitioners and healers and um, yeah, just everyone who helps people with trauma would consider to be trauma these days. All right. So next I want to go to acute versus chronic trauma. So way back in the day, there was just trauma. Now they are looking at these two different, um, I'm going to say, diagnoses. One is more acute trauma. So something that happens one time. And then something that happens chronically over and over and over. And that's called more, um, they call it CPTSD. So PTSD and then complex PTSD um, with the trauma. So complex, chronic trauma, acute trauma. And again, the, the chronic or the complex has to do with things that happened over and over and over. and it's important that we distinguish this because the stuff that's happened over and over and over may take a little bit longer or a lot longer to heal. Again, it depends on the person. Trauma, the trauma itself and then what is needed to heal that trauma is going to be individual to each and every person. So, when we have a trauma, oh, and I want to back up a moment. So a factor to healing trauma is, I believe, you know, why one person might be traumatized, one might not be, or continue to be traumatized, is were we properly supported through and after the traumatic event occurred? A traumatic experience occurred. I feel like that is a big piece to why some of us aren't still carrying that, right? It was, it was able, it, it's still a trauma, but it was able to be resolved around the time, closer to the time that it happened. You know, for me, a lot of my, um, a lot of mine was chronic. So it happened over some of it four years, some of it 10 years, some of it 18 years, and within my family. And because both parents were involved, I did not have the support that I needed to heal it, which is why still at the age of 48, I'm having to do this work. I'm wanting to do this work, being called to do this work. So I think that's a big factor. So I just want to make sure I, I put that out there properly supported through it and after it. 
So trauma is held in the body until it is fully resolved or healed, whatever word you like to use. Now, when a trauma is in the body and held in the body, it creates a quote unquote negative symptom and eventually even an illness, uh, chronic illness diagnosis, fibromyalgia, a lot of autoimmune disorders. Um, I believe from my experience of MS started actually when I was a child and we're not diagnosed, right? Until right? Uh, over and over and over years and years of carrying it, it eventually comes out in the body in a bigger way. Did I have anxiety as a child? Yes. Even though I wasn't diagnosed it, I remember it. Did I have depression? Yes. Did I have stomach issues? Yes. Headaches? Yes. Thyroid issues? Um, I started my uh, period and development way too early. I was in third grade when I had to wear a bra. I got my period in fifth grade. Like research has shown when sexual abuse happens at an early age that people mature faster. And that was a trauma for me, de developing so much more faster than everybody else um, in my class. You know, that was traumatic. I was teased a lot for that too. So again, trauma is held in the body, the emotions, and every trauma that happens to us, whether we're aware of it or not, we hold a belief around what happened and ourselves. I'd say the most common beliefs when we have a trauma is it's my fault. It happened because I'm not good enough. Those are the two there's a third one, but right now those are the two that are coming up that are most common with most trauma. It's my fault. It happened because I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. I'm broken. Oh, third one. Hello. I deserve, right? I deserved it and I deserve to continue to receive bad. I don't deserve good. So this is held in the body, in the cells of our body, in certain areas of the body. And again, it's going to be different for everyone. So again, trauma can impact every area of our life, like I said earlier. And we know that trauma causes unresolved trauma that's not properly supported, causes disconnection from yourself. So many of us depending on the trauma and not getting the support, not being able to deal with the emotions, maybe even the physical pain, right? Emotions and physical sensations in the body go hand in hand, feelings and emotions. And so what happens is we disassociate. We fragment, we, we break off from that part of ourselves, And I'm going to say that I didn't even realize that I was doing that until the last, these last few years. I did not realize how, you know, I'm going to say the last five years, how out of my body I've been, right? I mean, the MS helped me to get back in, but then um, there was still parts of me because I didn't know, right? We, we, we can't, we can't do anything about what we don't know. Awareness is key. 
Awareness is key. So disconnection is, you know, one of the biggest causes of disconnection from self and disassociation is, is trauma. And so to be able to connect again with ourselves, it's finding ways to acknowledge, accept what happened and what we feel and what we think and our fears and our beliefs and soothing what I call stepping in as a divine parent and soothing that part of ourselves. And then being able to integrate these parts of ourselves, calling them back in, not rejecting them, hiding them, or disassociating from them anymore. Right. Um, so learning to do that. And I'll be talking about that more in the live class that I'll be doing at the end of this event. Okay. On October 2nd. So mark that in your calendar, 5 p.m. October 2nd. We're talking more about this. So when we have a trauma, an unresolved trauma, we not consciously, but unconsciously take on what I call coping or survival patterns. And three of the biggest ones that I teach about, so there's four that are pretty common, and then there's three new ones I teach about. Let's talk about the common ones first. We've heard of flight, fright, sorry, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn is a new one. Fawn is pleasing. Okay, so that falls into one of mine. So my three P's are what I teach a lot about. And they are due to, um, again, traumas, usually. But also just even if you weren't traumatized by something, negative childhood experiences, if you don't want to call it trauma. Three P's are patterns we pick up. Perfectionism, right? Believing there's a right or wrong not wanting to make a mistake, thinking we have to do things right or perfect. I call that perfectionism. Also people-pleasing, fawning, people-pleasing, right? Trying to do whatever to make somebody else happy. So that will prevent further negative towards you, okay? And the third one I call pretending to be superhuman. So a lot of us, because we didn't get the support we needed, we learned that we had to do things on our own, be independent, which is something that many of us hold up as a trophy. Like, look at how independent I am. But there is being independent to a fault, to a fault where it is harming you. We all need support. We can't do it alone. Another superhuman trait is trying to fix Thinking you can fix other people or solve their problems. You know, I was my mom's counselor. I was put in that position at a very young age. Age of five is what I remember. So these are survival or coping patterns we unconsciously take on. We don't think about it. We just do it. Either because people around us are doing it, so we learn that's what we do, and or because whatever the trauma was. And part of us says, this is what we need to do now in order to survive to get by, to get our needs met, to get love, etc. I'm going to bring up another coping survival pattern that I see a lot. And that is when you downplay your trauma. Oh, it wasn't that bad. So that's actually a coping mechanism, the downplay. And we had to tell ourselves it wasn't that bad to survive it, especially when we had to live it every day. 
you had to go to school every day, be teased at home, whatever the abuse was at home, right? So we tell ourselves it's not that bad. We downplay the trauma and it might've been downplayed for you as well, right? You might've had somebody say like, you know, one of my traumas was being um, not picked up after school in winter and it got dark and it was cold. I lived in Wisconsin and two hours after I was supposed to be picked up. And at that point in my life, teachers, they didn't stay until all the children were picked up. Okay. So there I am in the middle of the edge of town by myself, cold, dark, finally get picked up and I get told, and I'm crying and I get told I'm seven years old. I get told, don't be silly. Stop crying. Don't be silly. You know, someone was going to come and get you eventually. Right. So we have to tell ourselves it's not that bad or we're told it's not that bad. Get over it. Get through it. The other pattern I see is we compare our trauma to other people's. Again, it's downplaying, right? But it's a different, it looks a little bit different. Like, oh, they had it so much worse than me. Mine wasn't as bad as theirs. So that's another downplay strategy in order to survive, in order to make it better for us because we weren't taught any other way. All right, where do we wanna go next? So I know that I mentioned that I had some pretty big buried trauma that happened that I did not even have any clue about when I was two, until 2018, you know, early forties. And then again, just this past year and a half, completely buried. I didn't remember most of my childhood before the age of 10. That's a sign when you don't remember before the age of, there's often some trauma there. Now, what I know for myself and for others that I work with is we remember those traumatic events and memories when we are meant to. When our higher self, I'm going to call it, soul, higher self, knows that we are ready because we have the support and the tools. So we don't ever remember anything before we're ready for it. So I want everyone to know that who's like, oh my God, I'm so afraid of getting even more memories come back. And it's like, it only comes when your higher self soul knows you are ready. When you have the support and the tools. I can't tell you how many people I was already working with in 2018 that when I remembered the memories came back from my sexual abuse, they started to have memories too because they knew that I, their soul, their higher self knew that I could handle it now, right? They had the support, they had the tools because I was going through it and could support them. So we get it. We get those memories back when we're ready to. We all have different healing timelines based on what I call our soul's blueprint. So it's when our soul higher self knows we're ready, but there's also a blueprint like, okay, this is going to come out around this time. Okay, so I want, again, divine time, what I call divine timing, soul timing, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, and that's why it happens in layers too. If I would have remembered all of the trauma that I had, I probably would be at one time, I probably would be in a mental institution or jail. 
Okay. I have had some really bad stuff, right? Physical abuse. Again, I, I said it all earlier. Like the only way I survived that is learning it, learning about it, remembering it, and then healing it in layers. I do have family members that weren't so lucky, right? So I think that's the other thing about, um, I just want to say about abuse is a lot of times passed down generation to generation. Um, because I see a lot of my, my cousins, I don't have any siblings, but a lot of my cousins um, have been in jail, uh, one in prison, um, one um, for committing murder of their child. So yeah, a lot of this stuff runs in the family, especially abuse stuff, unfortunately. So we're here to break that. We're here to, we're here to heal that, um, not only for ourselves, but then with others as well. Ancestral trauma, which we're going to be talking about during the event. So that's why healing, I believe, happens in layers. If it didn't, I think a lot of us would probably be in mental institutions or jail. So when you when you have another layer, please be patient and kind with yourself. And yeah, because it's meant to be that way. It's meant to be that way. So healing trauma requires support. Many of us did not have that support when it happened. And so we might still have that limiting belief that I have to do it alone. And God knows I did try. And I knew that I couldn't. Right? Still to this day, I have to have other people, even though I help people. I know there's a lot of you listening that are healers and coaches and teachers that support other people to heal trauma. And we still need support and assistance to do our own, okay? Even though I use all my tools and they help me a lot, the tools I'm teaching you guys and with my clients, I still need other support and you do too. We all do. So it's both support. We do need to have support for ourselves, right? Give that to ourselves, which I talk a lot about learning to be that divine parent to yourself and those wounded, traumatized parts of you. We also need to have that acceptance and compassion, unconditional acceptance and compassion for self as we're going through healing the trauma. That's our part, as well as going and finding other people that are going to support us. That's our job to do that for, you know, supporting ourselves to heal our trauma. Those are our pieces. And then using the tools, right? getting the support using the tools that you learn, carving out time to do that, to do the healing work. Then when it comes to others, what do you want to look for? First of all, the most important thing is you need to feel safe with someone and you need to trust somebody. That typically happens over time, which is why, you know, it's interesting. People will go and have a session and once you know, once almost, it's never almost going to be one and done because we have to build that trust and that safety with the person that's helping us. Many of my clients, most of my clients have been with me for five plus years. Okay. I have a client that's been working with me since 2012. So time and trust and safety needs to be built. Okay. 
that person that you invite to be on your, I'm going to call it your trauma healing team. You need to feel like they understand, they listen, and they validate whatever you're feeling, whatever fears you have. Okay? If they're not doing that, that's a sign to move on. They need to have compassion for you. They also need to be able to offer tools. Now, there's two types of tools. Tools that you're able to use yourself outside of the session. And then tools that are, I'm going to say, done to you. Like, let me give an example. So um, ketamine right now is something I'm not doing by myself. I've been doing that the last couple of months with my ketamine doctor, my nurse, and my counselor. They're all there while I'm getting ketamine. Okay, so that's done to me. Now I have tools that I use outside, right? My guided therapeutic meditation process, um, self-healing practices and processes. So I have journaling, reflection. I have tools that I use by myself, but I also have these tools that I need from somebody else. They do it to me or with me. Massage is another one of those tools, craniosacral therapy, um, et cetera. So I think, I feel, I know both are needed. Tools you can use yourself for self-calming, self-regulation, self-healing, and tools that other people might be doing to you, with you, offering you. Different modalities are needed at different times, right? So we want to be careful to not get into the, this worked for me in the past, now it's not working, so nothing's going to work. Or, you know, I did this in the past, and now it should work now. Or, this is a good one. More equals better. So we can try to do too many trauma modalities, trauma healing modalities at once, and completely overwhelm ourselves and and make it worse for us. So there is what I call, you know, divine timing. And, you know, what are you being called to? So as you are in this event, right, as you listen to the different speakers, and I do recommend you do, see what resonates with you, what you're called to. And just know, you know, you might sign up for all the free gifts, but you cannot do every single one every day. Probably not. That would be too much. So we're always being guided, and we all have different ways to receive our guidance. Right? And you might feel it in your body. You might get a knowing. You might hear words. So honoring and being able to acknowledge what are you being guided to do next on your trauma healing journey. So at this point in my life, just to give you an example, I'm doing ketamine-assisted therapy, um, counseling, which kind of goes with that. I have a spiritual mentor that I've actually kind of, I used to see every month. I put that on hold for a little bit. I felt like it was too much. Right? Um, I also do some cranial sacral. And I recently added some lymphedema massage um, to move an infection through my body, um, a GI infection as, um, you know, that flared up even more because of this, this trauma work that I'm doing. So um, besides using my own tool, but those are the, those are the people that I'm reaching out to outside of myself. Okay. 
So different modalities for different layers at different times. So how do you support a loved one going through trauma? So some of you listening to this might be listening because you have a partner or a child or a friend even, um, you know, going through trauma. Maybe you're a practitioner here that want, wants to learn new techniques perhaps and get certified in something new. Add to your toolkit. Um, you know, the most important thing to remember again is to listen, validate whatever that person is feeling or thinking. Validate meaning I understand. I'm sorry you're experiencing this. I understand. Um, I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm sorry you're feeling this way. You know, what do you what do you need from me? And ask them what do they need from you? You know, that's one thing that um, you know, again, my partner never learned that, and he's getting to learn that now through having to support me, not having to, wanting to support me through my trauma. Listen, validate, give some compassion, a lot of compassion. And if I'm triggered, I tell them I'm triggered. And I say, you know, this probably isn't about what you did, but I'm I'm still being triggered by this. And he doesn't get defensive. That's huge. So even if someone is bringing you in and saying, you did this to me. If the best you can do is to not try not to get defensive. And I know that's difficult. I know that's difficult. From a spiritual perspective, I just want to touch on this. I'm going to do this more in the live class on October 2nd. From a spiritual perspective, let me say this. Spirituality, I believe, and we talk about this in a couple of uh, the sessions, I believe from my experience and working with my clients that spirituality is needed as part of the trauma healing journey process, but that doesn't mean we want to do a spiritual bypass. So spiritual bypass, so it, it looks like this spiritual bypass is my soul asked for this trauma. Therefore, I shouldn't be angry, sad, or suffering right now that blocks healing. Okay. We need spirituality to help us. Yes. My soul asked for this. I'm not a victim. Um, I was victimized, but I'm not a victim. I'm a powerful soul. And I know that I can move through this. It gives you strength. Spirituality can give you strength, but we also have to do what I call the work of helping the wounded part of us to heal, the traumatized part, the human part to heal. If we don't do that, it blocks the healing. Got to feel it to heal it. We have to learn how to show up for that wounded, traumatized part of us. Again, I talk about that in the live class, October 2nd. So what can you expect when you're doing trauma work? I want you to know that these things are normal. And again, not to beat yourselves up or to say, oh my God, I'm so bad or I'm dumb or I shouldn't be feeling this way or experiencing this. Sensitivity. We can be more sensitive and more easily triggered by external things when we are doing our trauma work, okay? our trauma healing work. We might need more space and alone time. Right? Um you may not enjoy the same things that you that you used to enjoy while you're doing this work or after. There may be some people that you just need more space from. So you might actually need more space in alone time. And then there's certain people 
that you might just need to let's put them over there right now that, you know, I'm being triggered by them right now. They're not, you know, they're not really supportive of me doing this work. They don't understand it. So you want to make sure that you are surrounding yourself with support, 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 people that understand, or at least attempt to understand. Otherwise you could feel you could be re-traumatized. Okay. You might need more rest and more sleep, some more alone time, more rest and more sleep when you are healing deeper layers of trauma. Again, back to the soul piece, the spirituality piece, many of us are meant to move through, heal our traumas, and then support others to do the same, whether your kids, friends, clients, so paid to do it, right? So it can look different for each of us, but it's part of our soul's purpose to heal our own and then be able to support others in all the different ways that we do that. So next, I'm going to just give you a little bit of, I'm going to say information about a tool that I'm going to offer to you and that I recommend you use. And it's called the guided therapeutic meditation practice. So it comes from my bigger process. One of the tools of the process, the therapeutic meditation process is the guided meditation practice. And it is meant to be used as a relaxing, restful, nurturing tool. Not one where you're going to go in there and, you know, it's, it's meant to be more used on a conscious, subconscious level, meaning you can do it lying down or in a comfortable position. You can fall asleep to it, drift off to it, which is why it's so great to use at bedtime as you fall asleep. Actually helps with sleep. Sleep is one of those big symptoms that is trouble sleeping is a big symptom for those of us that have unresolved trauma. If you have trouble sleeping, it might be due to that. It's often due to that. It's been a symptom of mine um, still is, even though it's gotten tons better. Um, but yeah, even if your trauma didn't happen at night, it can still impact sleeping because sleeping is when we're at our most vulnerable. So um, that's one of the most common symptoms I have seen for myself and others who have unresolved trauma. So listening to this guided meditation, eyes closed. You don't do this while you're driving. You could do it while you're walking. But I recommend doing it lying down, sitting with eyes closed in a comfortable position, quiet. Um, I used to use it on the plane when I flew because I used to have a lot of anxiety and fear around flying. Um, but you can listen definitely at bedtime as you fall asleep. It doesn't take any extra time. So if you're like, Tanya, I don't have time for meditation or I don't know how to meditate, try it. Low level, listen as you're falling asleep. And I put in those core beliefs I talked about earlier. So one of the big things this guided meditation does, it helps to shift or rewire those limiting beliefs and fears. The three common due to trauma, right? It's my fault. It happened because I'm not good enough, lovable, something wrong with me. I deserve bad, right? Trauma equals bad. I deserve bad. And again, these are unconscious most of the time. We don't even realize we're holding these. It also helps to feel and release the emotions that were created by the trauma. 
and plants the seed for what you desire now, as well as listening to the body and releasing trauma from the body. So listening at bedtime as you fall asleep. I also recommend if you wake up in the morning and you're having trouble with either anxiety, depression, or pain, or some other negative symptom, you can listen first thing in the morning when you wake up. And then midday during a lunch break or a midday afternoon, um, if you're working during your lunch break, um, it can help release that, that buildup and that stress that often accumulates during the day. And if you're sick with an illness and you're not working right now, or even if you are working, really helps bring down those symptoms middle of the day headaches, fatigue, etc. So in a nutshell, that is a little bit about the guided therapeutic meditation practice. Very different from any other kind of meditation. Um, it also helps you to um, connect with your, what I call your something bigger, which I think, like we said earlier, spirituality, a big piece to healing. So definitely make some time, use it at least once a day. Bedtime as you fall asleep and then add it in as you can, okay? And you can't do it wrong. You can't do it wrong. So remember that. Tell that perfectionist part of you that he or she can't do it wrong. So um, thank you for being here. And I just want to say how much I honor you and commend you for your courage to do this deeper work wherever you are on your trauma healing journey, whether you're just getting started, whether you're been doing this for a couple of years why have you been doing this for you know 30 plus years like i have like 40 plus years 30 plus years um yeah and wherever you are is where you're meant to be so let go of judgment let go of self-blame self-criticism or on the unconditional acceptance and love part of being that divine parent to yourself so namaste see you soon lots of love